breaking news from The Athletic. Hey everybody, Scott Burnside from The Athletic NHL with some breaking news. And what a day for the Pittsburgh Penguins as they have announced. Ron Hextall, longtime Philadelphia Flyer player and executive, coming across the state to take over as GM. And an added bonus, Brian Burke takes over as president of Hockey Ops for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a new position for the Penguins. Eric, you know both Ron Hextall and Brian Burke from, well, a million years, right? I mean, those guys are hockey lifers. And I wonder when you first heard that both, not just one, but both those guys were going to assume critical management roles for the Pittsburgh Penguins in the middle of the season in the uh, aftermath of Jim Rutherford stepping away abruptly from his post as GM. What, what went through your mind when you heard those two names associated with the Penguins? Well, so in the case of Ron Hextall, you know, when sort of parsing through the, the list of, of GM's candidates, I thought he was by far the most qualified. So it didn't surprise me uh, that that he would ultimately be the hire there. I, I do think that if you look at his track record as a manager, skills that he brings to the mix in terms of, of drafting and developing and and playing the long game are going to be just what the Penguins need in time. You know, as the as the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era comes to an end, they are going to need someone who has the ability to 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 stockpile the next generation of Penguins players. So I, I get that he is coming from their greatest rival. And and not only that, I mean, he was, you know, back you know when the Broad Street bullies were starting to fade away, like Ron Hextall was that one last hurrah, right? You know? <laughs> so it does seem a little bit out of, uh, out of context, uh, or uh, I, I guess it, it isn't the kind of thing that probably would have happened 40 years ago. Like the, the equivalent for me, because I've, you know, based in Calgary all these years, is if Glenn Sather had left Edmonton to work for Calgary, or if Cliff Fletcher had left Calgary to work there, you can't, you couldn't possibly imagine that in a million years. But but the industry has changed, and and I guess the operative word is industry. It, it is a it is a business now, and this strikes me as 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 a very smart business decision by the Penguins. They they really needed a, a new general manager that checked a lot of boxes, and when you look at on Hextall's resume and that all the other available candidates, he checks all the boxes. So that part, nah, I didn't know, you know, like that. I kind of thought that was happening. Now the birthday thing, that that to me came right out of out of out of the blue because I remember I talked to him on the day that he left the Calgary Flames. So he was the you know, his last job in hockey was president of operations here, and uh, he had a, a deal with the Flames that you know that they would review his status at the end of every year, and, and that you know a couple of years back he sat down with now the late Ken King, and they determined that his role really wasn't needed anymore, that, you know, that Don Maloney had come in and, and Bradford Living was running the show. And at that time, he was in the taxi back in Toronto, got off the phone, we talked on the record, long story, he was committed to broadcasting. He, he had closed the door on 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 the, ever getting back in, in hockey. He was very happy to be joining Rogers. They signed him to, that was an interim deal in the beginning, signed him to a contract. And and we we talked about it a few times over the years how he was really happy doing what he was doing and it gave him normal a normal life and normal hours and and so the only thing that I can think of is that that this opportunity came along 
um, that they were able to tailor the job to his particular, you know, personal and, and, and family needs. And he felt that he still had the competitive juices uh, blowing that he wanted to get back in. But in the same way that I wasn't all that surprised that Textile was part of this announcement, I was shocked to my core that, that Brian Burke was there. So yeah. that, that was my immediate reaction. Well, and it's interesting, and in, in, you know, with the with Ron Hextall, and he addressed this uh, in the, the 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 video Zoom call that introduced both Ron Hextall and Brian Burke as uh, as the uh, new faces with the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, management team. And Ron Hextall addressed this notion that he's he's seen as a team builder. He's a, a guy that finds and understands what goes into developing prospects. He was instrumental, I think it's fair to say, with the Los Angeles Kings, where he was the assistant GM. And and I think if you talk to Dean Lombardi, the LA Kings GM, over presided over the two cup wins there, Ron Hextel was critical to that. And in Philadelphia, I think he did much the same. I mean, we I think we like Philadelphia as a team on the rise. A lot of that is Ron Hextall's doing um, before he was replaced by Chuck Fletcher in, in the middle of a season a couple of years ago. And I think he, he addresses it by saying, listen, I'm not a one-trick pony, uh, and we are a team, we being the Pittsburgh Penguins, are a team now with uh, iconic centers, uh, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, throw Crystal Tang into the mix, and, and they're going to see you know their 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 mantra is to continue to try and win now, and I, I wonder though, there was he he wasn't unequivocal about well no we're going to keep those guys forever and ever. I I think you know he left a left he left enough not doubt but enough of wiggle room to say listen if you know if things don't turn out at the end of this year we may have to revisit. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. there, and I wonder how yeah. important that is. Not to box yourself in in the first ten minutes you're on the job. <laughs> well, actually, you've hit the nail on the head because I, I think that the best managers are like the best coaches. So, so what happens? Like, how, how do how do coaches that, that go from one job to the next to the next to the next survive and and have long careers like like Bill Quinville? You coach the team that you have at your disposal. John Tortorella is a, is a great example of someone who, at different times in, in his career, has had wonderful offensively gifted teams and he's also had teams that you know that had to play a, a certain defensive style in order to succeed so what 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 ultimately what do we know about Ron Hextall that competitive juices flow really really deeply right so he wants to win in in, in the worst possible way so I think he's also smart enough to realize that you know the situation that he is in in Pittsburgh Today it's different than you know when when he and, and Dean Lombardi were trying to build the Kings. They were they were at the bottom then. They were you know it was it was fine to go all scorched earth there because they had an ownership group that 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 bought into the program and 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 said you know do it but get it right. And they did they did get it right. So I think that that's one of the um, the, the strong um, you know parts in his favor when when he's interviewing with uh, with Mario. I th- I think that you know he would say. You know, at some point we may have to go scorched earth. Maria, you were part of a scorched earth, you know, building philosophy in 1984 as a player. You were here when, when you know, the Penguins were not very good, but because they weren't very good, were able to draft Balkan, Crosby, Marc-Andre Fleury, first overall, you know, Latang, all those pieces. So so I, I think that he, you know, he's, he's going to be like like any good coach that, that coaches the team that, that he managed. He's going to manage the team in, in, in the proper way. So there's a window here this year, probably next year too, uh, where you can, 
you know, try the best you can to win with the group that you've got, knowing full well that any decisions that you make in terms of uh, sacrificing future draft capital are going to have to postpone the rebuild down the road. So I think that would be the one you know, place that he's a little bit different in terms of manage, managerial philosophy than, than Jim Rutherford. Chances are you're not going to be seeing Pittsburgh trading away draft choices um, you know, from here, this moment forward. And if there's a way of recouping some draft choice capital, I think he's going to, to do that. But I'm, I'm convinced that he's, you know, the term you use is, is a good one. He's not a one-trick pony. He's going to manage the team that he's got. And he's probably, you know, I, I imagined him in the interview, Scotty, with like three pages worth of, you know, uh, three inches worth of documents beside him. Here's the one-year plan. Here's the three-year plan. Here's the five-year plan. He would have gone into that incredibly prepared. And, and I'm guessing that the, the management group there, uh, um, you know, liked what they heard. But I got a question for you, if you don't mind me turning the tables on you. What did I, I thought the most interesting thing was the press release that they uh, that the Penguins put out, where they were talking about Ron, you know, living in Pittsburgh from the age of five to nine and playing street hockey with members of the of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I thought that was really interesting that they would include that in the official press release because I think that the, the biggest issue that they probably have is okay, you know, you 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 don't have to win the press conference; you just have to pick the right guy. But it's kind of fun to try and you know and, and be good on press conference day and, and stressing his Pittsburgh roots. I thought. Was extremely clever what did you think yeah no i was absolutely and it actually ron mentioned it during the press conference as well as part of you know that he grew up very early years his father of course played for the pittsburgh penguins and it is you know and again because uh the the place the penguins have assumed in that community is i think it's very much like the yankees in new york it's like the leafs in toronto it is they are, the, and with all due respect to the Steelers and the Pirates, Penguins have worked very hard to be that team in that community. And I put them really on a par with the, the Steelers, maybe ahead of the Steelers, given their recent cup wins. So I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it was a stroke of brilliance to just reaffirm, hey, yes, he hate, he, he was a flyer. <laughs> we hate the flyers. We Everyone knows that, but he's really a Pittsburgh guy at heart. So, okay, uh, Eric, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you one more before we close out here. To me, the interesting part of the dynamic is that Ron Hextall is really, you know, he's a very measured, low-key, low-profile kind of guy, right? He's a, I mean, that's where the reputation as a builder comes from, right? He's out in the mm-hmm. hinterlands you know, building teams. And Brian Burke, his personality is, as we know, is much bigger. I, we, I loved him in his media role. I thought what he brought was was incredible insight. Uh, and this is, you know, full disclosure, Brian and I really haven't spoken much since 2014. And uh, But I wonder how you imagine those two personalities working together because they both made it clear that they expect this to be a real partnership at the top in terms of building and maintaining that team. How do you like the the melding of, of two very different personalities? Well, I think it's a good idea. And uh, because I was thinking about that, I actually started penning my Friday column around this because, you know, I think one of the big problems that we see in a lot of NHL front offices is too much groupthink, right? So the manager comes in and then he immediately surrounds himself with all of the, the people in his sphere, right? And what you often end up getting is a whole bunch of people that 
think the same way. So I'll say, you know, Scott, I think we should do this. And I'll turn around and my four closest friends who think the same way that I do are all going to agree with me. And so I think it's really valuable to have somebody in the room. And this is for every NHL team, not just for the Pittsburgh Penguins to raise their hand and say, wait a minute, why don't we look at it from a completely different perspective? Then, then we can examine the issue from from every angle and then make a decision. And, and maybe we'll 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 go with the group think this time. But but I just think that that to create a little bit of tension, dynamic tension in in a front office is really important. And I don't think you see enough of that in, in uh, the NHL. So I do think that having two people whose personalities are are very different, other than they're both extremely competitive and want to win, um, but they do have a different modus operandi in terms of, of how they handle themselves. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a healthy thing. I think we need to see to see more of that. And the only thing that I would add as a postscript is that the one thing about that you're remembering about Brian Burke from his, you know, from all of those early in, you know, incarnations, you know, Toronto, you know, the press conferences, you know, about you know, the style of play and, you know, Vancouver talking about the Sedins and, you know, it's not Swedish first. He didn't do that in Calgary. So that was the one thing that changed when, when he came in to be head of hockey operations in Calgary, which is the position he's assumed in Pittsburgh. Uh, he, he wasn't in front of the cameras. He was very much in the background. And whenever there was an announcement, a decision, it was Bradtree Living that was in front of the camera. So I suspect that this is going to be a Brian Burke you're not used to seeing. This will be a Brian Burke who will not be seen and not be heard publicly uh, very much you know, once you get beyond the, you know, the initial stages of, of announcing the new front office. That that there will be one voice speaking for the team. It will be Ron Hextall's voice, and and Burke's influence will be more in the background. And that's not something I don't think that hockey fans are used to. But I I, I tell you, that's how it was in, in Calgary in his last go round, and I predict that's how it's going to be in Pittsburgh too. <laughs> well, it will be interesting to see how that goes. I think uh, I think we may see. I think we may see a little bit more of Brian Burke in Pittsburgh than than perhaps was the case in Calgary. But time will tell with that. And Eric the Hatchuk. Always terrific insight from you, and thank you for joining our breaking news coverage. And you should go to the Athletics' new headline section for much more on this incredible story out of Pittsburgh. And to get access to all of the Athletics' great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can find our latest subscription offer, just $3.99 per month. That is practically giving it away. So go and do that right away. Eric, excellent work by you. Thanks for dropping by. Always a pleasure talking hockey with you, Scotty. Mm-hmm.